It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Thielen Meats, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, Live Axe Marine in Isle, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors. This week on Brainerd Outdoors, Paul Bunyan Country, Kevin Jackson starts the show off with a visit with Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service in Park Rapids, Nevis, talking ice fishing and boats. And Jason just got back from a national boat show. Some serious considerations for people thinking about buying a boat this year. I'm Bill Satry, and I'll have a visit with some of our local pros talking about what's going on in the Brainerd Lakes area. And Kevin Jackson returns with another great opportunity to check in with an expert. And we'll see who he has on the way to cap off the show today. Brainerd Outdoors Radio, Paul Bunyan Country on B93.3. Everything hunting and fishing can be found here. Brainerd Outdoors, just after 7 Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. Let's begin the show with Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service in Park Rapids, and Kevin Jackson has him on the line now. Hey, we're checking in with Jason Durham from Go Fish Guide Service once again uh, over in the Park Rapids Nevis area. Jason, welcome back. Great to have you on the show again. It's great to be on the show, Kev. I survived the cold snap. I'm not frozen. Oh, man. Well, and, and you were probably out uh, in the elements far more than I was, so uh, congratulations on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the advantages today is that we have such advanced gear that even if you're fishing the open ice, which I did some, uh, you've got the gear to keep you warm. You just have to scoop out the hole a little more often. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fact. So, what are some of the uh, things that you like as far as the, the the types of clothing that we have out there now that keeps you warm? Oh man, you know the the ice suits, for instance. You know, I use the uh, ice armor, the the suits made by Clam, and I I use the extreme suit, which is really nice because it's got this uh, insulated liner on on the jacket and through the bibs. It's, it's insulated with down, so we all know the insulative properties that that keep you so warm with down jackets but then having an outer shell that's windproof waterproof um and as we start to get into warmer weather which isn't that far off i can take those liners out and now i use it like a light weather jacket or a or more moderate i would say if you talk to people from other areas of the country uh, <laughs> that are used to warm weather and they say Oh, oh, do I need to wear warm clothes? And we're saying, well, we're wearing our our light suits because it's thirty. <laughs> you know, and they're going, this is insane. Um, but you know, that's what I really, really love. And then, of course, gloves. Gloves mm-hmm. are a huge thing. And I, I'm I'm a pansy when it comes to keeping my hands warm. And and some people say, well, you have to hold your rod without gloves on to to feel the bite and everything. There's times where I'll be wearing very very thick mitts and yeah it's not the ideal situation for even holding a rod <laughs> but it keeps your hands warm mitts are typically warmer than gloves so and of course good thick insulated boots you know your extremities your feet and hands those are the first to go but you got to be really careful about just the whole hypothermia part of it too and your lake travel when it's this cold i mean if you get hung up in a snowbank 
you need to be able to get off the lake safely with, without getting in a really hairy situation. But at the same time, I don't want to deter anybody from going. But I feel like that's pretty much behind us now, Kev, because we're looking at some really nice temperatures coming up where people are going to be heading to the lake like crazy. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, like, like somebody was telling me, yeah, we hit 10 degrees above. People will be wearing shorts around here. So, yeah, if we get above zero, <laughs> people are going to take advantage. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I uh, last weekend I, I actually made a trip out to Green Bay and went to a boat show. And when I left here, it was 36 below zero. And when I got to Green Bay, which a lot of people think is a very, very cold place, it was eight degrees above. And I thought, wow, this is nice. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is walking weather, man. It is highly tolerable. <laughs> well, when it comes to fishing, I mean, uh, with the big uh, covering of ice on, on most lakes here, I can't imagine that cold weather affects the fish that much. It's more the angler. Well, yes and no, and okay. I'm glad you brought that up because people do, when they when they head out and are fishing in these drastic cold fronts, you do see it influence the fish some, um, but typically it's on the front end of it. Uh, weather change, we, we talk about it in open water a ton. Consistency is key, and that's true in the winter too. It's not necessarily the cold or the warm-ups. It's having consistency in the weather that really influences that fish behavior. So as we got a few days into this extreme cold, those fish actually started to bite better, and we saw activity pick up. Um, but we are at one of those periods of time during the winter uh, where it seems like just overall uh, things start to slow down a little bit. But I think part of that reason, too, is that there's fewer anglers out on the ice. If you compare right now to what we we're experiencing over Christmas and New Year's and that time frame, where it's some of the busiest out on our bodies of water, uh, you're not hearing as many reports either. So that's one part of it. And it was probably busier this year than, than many years in the past for kind of the same reason we saw uh, uh, soft water fishing so strong this year. Uh, COVID had shut down a lot of sports. There wasn't a lot going on. Gave people the opportunity to get out there. Now we got sports going again. School's back in session. And uh, there's fewer anglers. I totally agree. One of the advantage, though, advantages of this year, though, is that I, I feel like there's well-maintained plow, plowed roads on many lakes where there typically wouldn't be, just because so many people want to get out and put their fish houses out there. And, and some of those have drifted in now you know, with fewer anglers, but they're still there. There's still these banks and berms that are etching a path for you to get out there and providing access to a lot of anglers. Okay. Uh, so what seems to be working the best that you're hearing and experiencing? You know, the one thing, I, I you know, panfish are always hugely popular in this area. And typically this time of year, you're hearing more about the deeper basin bites than you are about the shallow water bites. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't catch fish up in, in weedy areas. And there are weeds that are still green and are still growing. It's all about the light penetration uh, but a lot of weeds are, aren't providing quite as good a cover for those fish. Um, but you can still have some really good action. I always like, you know, looking for some of those bigger game fish like pike up in the shallower water. And they're not going to venture far from food. So uh, there are going to be panfish up there. But it's much more common to find, like, crappies, for instance, suspended out on these muddy bottom, soft bottom basin areas. And your uh, window of activity in many cases, 
is shortened towards that, you know, sun up, sundown area, but not always. Don't discount going out in the middle of the day because there's many times that you can just catch fish all day long. Um, I should mention, though, when that happens, when you have a bite that is consistent throughout the day and on lakes that have such clear water, it's very common that when you hit that prime time, the activity actually decreases. And so you don't have that twilight, hot time to be out there. That's not actually your best time. But the only way you're going to figure any of that out, Kev, is to actually go out and fish. Well, absolutely. Of course, that's that is the way to do it. And um, uh, certainly, the the trick is, of course, finding the time to do it. And uh, as many anglers have told me over the years, the best time to fish is when you can. I totally agree with that. People have asked about salooner tables and moon phases and all of that. If you're planning a big trip, sure, you know that's something you can bank upon, uh, or at least use as an excuse to go during a certain time frame but for myself i go absolutely any chance that i have free and you know even if you go to the prime time of the salooner table you're not going to catch any fish if you're not on fish so you have to go back to that basic idea of you have to find the fish first and then get them to bite okay um any particular lakes over in your neck of the woods that are really well known for ice fishing, or is it just a, any lake that has f- fish? Well, there in the winter, a lot of it um, comes back to access. You, you know, you might have one of these backcountry lakes that is awesome, like let's say up in the Paul Bunyan State Forest that you love to go to and it's very quiet, probably doesn't even have a house on it but you might not be able to get back to that lake in the winter unless you're using a snowmobile and going quite a ways. Um, and even when you get to the lakes, we've been so fortunate this year. Lake travel has been really easy in the Park Rapids area, and I know it is up in Bemidji too, where you can drive just about anywhere. The ice is thick enough. The, the snow is minimal enough. And actually this cold snap wasn't unwelcome because those areas, those pockets of slush have have really solidified well. So, um, you know, anglers that come to our area a lot of times are looking at these chains of lakes, like the crowing chain or the man trap chain, and you've got so many different options on those, whether you want to chase panfish or walleyes, which season, you know, for the walleyes in the northern pike and catching bass, you know, is going to be wrapping up here really quick. Um, and that makes me think of one reminder to the anglers listening. Not very long, and you guys have to get a new fishing license, too. So don't forget about that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Hey, and speaking of uh, things not to forget, uh, for a number of lakes, uh, new um, panfish regulations go into effect March 1st. Yeah, in fact, I'm, I'm so excited about this because, uh, you know, really our limits in Minnesota are very liberal and um, panfish, they get hit so hard. You know, you got both sides of the coin. There were some people say, well, they reproduce so quickly. Uh, they do, but really, how many do you need to keep to eat? And I'm excited for some of these lakes. We don't have really any right uh, right in Parker Rapids there that are going to be affected, but a couple to the west that I'm um, eager to see um, benefit mm-hmm. from these new regulations. And people are just going to have to be really careful because they do go into effect, you know, before we have a brand new synopsis out and everything, or, or right when we have the brand new synopsis out. So you, you need to look through it. And you can always go onto the DNR website and just look up the lake that you're going to. 
and just know those regulations. You can stop at the uh, public access and see those signs. But in the winter, some of these public accesses or lake accesses aren't the one you typically use in the summer. So you might not have that same signage at every entry point. So just be diligent about making sure that you're legal so you don't get a ticket for something you didn't intentionally try to do. Exactly. Very good point. And, we, you know, we've got a few lakes here that have already uh, put those uh, regulations in place. Um, Pymoosh is one in our neck of the woods. Uh, Black Duck actually has done it as well, and I think Gull. And we've seen uh, tremendous success. So um, we know that, that this can work. Exactly. And, you know, for people that are against it, um, you know, if we really wanted to be the most diligent about protecting the fish and everything, we wouldn't go fishing. But, you know, we do want harvest, too. Harvest, they don't want to, the DNR doesn't want to totally eliminate people from harvesting fish. Uh, it's a part and part of keeping balance in the ecosystem. Uh, but at the same time, they have reevaluated some of these limits over the years and have figured out through science uh, that it's best for the lakes and best for what the anglers want. Yeah, I mean, it's finding the sweet spot and and then as anglers and as biologists having that patience now uh, to wait a few years before these things, you, you start to really see the the benefits of this. Life's all about balance, whether it's the lakes or your personal life. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Well, hey, you were over in uh, in Green Bay at a boat show, and before we went on the air, you were telling me about some of the things. I had no idea. There's uh, there's some big big doings in the boat world. We need to be aware of if we're in the in the boat market right now. That's absolutely true, Kevin. I'm I'm glad I have the opportunity to to share this with the listeners. Uh, but one thing a lot of people don't realize, just because of the situation that we've had with COVID throughout the world and lapses in production of, of materials and lapses of production at boat manufacturers, that it's really difficult, if not impossible, to order a custom 2021 boat. So a lot of the, the manufacturers are producing orders that have already come in, and they're for dealers. So what a dealer has and has coming in stock, that's what they get for the year. And so once they run out, they're gone. And um, it was interesting as I was out in Green Bay that a lot of people didn't realize this, and then there were a lot of people that did. And those were the people that were in the market to buy a new boat and were buying it immediately, understanding that if I wait, I might not get the size I want, the color I want, the horsepower I want, some of the options and accessories. And because they're not taking 2021 orders, some consumers are saying, well, just let me order a 2022 boat. But that's impossible because the pricing hasn't been set on those boats because the manufacturers don't know uh, the cost of materials or if they're even going to be available. So it's really a unique situation. Um, you're not going to see as much fluctuation of, of pricing on the boats. But I will tell you this, the dealers, they still want to make it appealing to you. Uh, you know, they're not going to gouge you or anything, uh, but you're not going to see where, uh, you know, the dealer is, is sitting on, you know, 50 boats that they're trying to get rid of and are going to cut to a bargain basement price, those boats are going to go fast. You're going to see a similar uh, trend as you saw with, with wheel fish houses this year where it's really difficult to get them, especially as we get into the season. So if you want to get a boat, if you're thinking about buying a new boat this year, 
I wouldn't hesitate at all. I would get to a dealer as soon as you can and, and get that boat uh, uh, purchased and getting ready so you're ready for opener in this spring season. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, as a consumer, these boat dealerships, and there's several of them in Bemidji, they've got lots of space. So you go in there, you wear your mask, you've got plenty of space to talk to the sales personnel, um, and it's a nice warm environment, too, on these super cold days. <laughs> a great place to go to just go and peruse the boats and some of the new accessories that they have coming out. Um, and then if you're not planning to buy a boat, if you're going to use the one that you've had for a while, but you've got a couple things that you want to remedy, uh, something that's broken in your boat, you're going to want to get those to your dealer as soon as you can because they are busier than busy. You know, it's uh, really interesting, you know, when you think about it, uh, as many uh, immediate impacts as we felt this last year, now we're going to start to see some longer-term impacts of, of a quarantine and a shutdown, like you say. The stuff wasn't produced last year, and we don't know how quickly they're going to be able to ramp up and produce by next year or the year after. So, yeah, we're going to live in this uh, kind of netherworld for a little while longer yet. It's definitely a trickle-down effect, and some of what we can't even predict and you want to put your finger on one thing. Well, you know, you can't get this because they're not producing this because this was shut down. But sometimes that, that, that chain is several links long and it's not just one simple thing that can be corrected. So definitely plan ahead. And if this was the year you needed to vote, <laughs> this is not the year to wait for the best deal. It doesn't sound like yeah, and the other thing is I definitely wouldn't sell your boat. If you're thinking of selling it privately, uh, I wouldn't sell it until you know for sure that you've got one secured. Otherwise, you might be sitting out the season. Oof. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Good to think about. Hey, do you as a, do you as a guide, do you ice, ice guide, or do you just do it uh, as a fun thing? No, I definitely take people out on the ice. And we okay. have to do uh, you know, a lot of fun adventures. Um, it's not simply renting a house for me. We don't have anybody really in the Park Rapids area that does house rentals, but we'll venture out and uh, set up portables if it's really cold. Or what I like the most is when we can fish open ice. Very cool. And uh, if we want to do a nice trip with you or get set up for next summer, uh, how do we go about doing that? You can always find me on my cell phone, which is area code 218-252-2278. Or you can find me on social media, Instagram and Facebook. It's Jason Durham. Or you can just do a simple Google search, Park Rapids Area Fishing Guides. You're going to find Go Fish Guide Service. And I'll tell you honestly, even if you don't find me, the other guides that are in the Park Rapids area are absolutely phenomenal. you got Isaiah Hahn, TJ Erickson, Jeremy Anderson, AJ Pab. We just have a slew of really talented, patient anglers to get you out either on the ice or the open water. Man, myth, and legend Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service joining me today. Jason, as always, we love having you on the show. Thanks for taking the time today, and good luck with the eel pout. Hey, thanks, Kev. We're going to see what we can do. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Check out BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. You'll find sponsor links and product spotlights, podcasts of past shows, and you can email Brian all at BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com.
I'm Bill Satrian for Brian Moon. Kevin Jackson will join us again in just a little bit to talk more with the DNR about some of the new regulations for pan fishing in just a little bit. But we're going to talk about that and more when we check out the local scene right now, including Malax Lake with Steve Saponiak, a Predator Guide Service. It's uh, getting into our spring a little bit now, and we're starting to see um, things getting ready for pan fishing and so much more. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing fantastic. It's 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 been just wonderful having this warm spell. The fishing is back to normal. I can't even say normal. It's better than what it has been. I mean, like you and I talked about the last couple of weeks, Bill. As soon as we get rid of this cold front, the fish are going to start hopping. They have been. Yeah. The northern pike action has been fantastic up on the big pond and the surrounding lakes as have the walleye action been. But like you just mentioned, you know, coming up as panfish, and that's one of the funnest things I like about winter fishing is we get to enjoy fantastic, not good, but fantastic panfish. And you wouldn't believe the big crappies on Malax Lake and the big bluegills in the surrounding area. So I'm excited, like you said. We're coming into panfish, and that's one of my favorite until the musky season gets going, sir. It is one of my favorites as well because, uh, you know, for somebody who's who's more of a uh, recreational fishing person, uh, you can you can do really well with panfish and and feel like a star. You can. I love it. That's well put, and it's true. You know, it is very true. They're not that hard to catch. Uh, three to a pound, four to a pound. You know, that's average size for a lot of the local lakes around the area, and that's nice size eating fish. Three to a pound. You're looking for something bigger. You know, the ten to eleven inch range. That takes a lot more finessing and stuff. And you know what? Nothing wrong with trying to be a little bit of a finesse fisherman with lighter line, lighter jigs, and go for the big ones. And when you do catch one, mm-hmm. take a picture and release it. It's all about catch and release nowadays with the big ones. Yeah, and uh, that's going to get us into something we're going to be continuing to talk about here on the show is uh, some of the new rules and some of the restrictions in pan fishing uh, set down by the Minnesota Department of uh, of uh, of uh, the DNR. As uh, we get into pan fishing season, that's going to be important for what lake you're on and what the rules are. Definitely. You know, unfortunately, not all the rules are going to be consistent. Like Northern Pike, you got different zones and everything. You can take 10 up to 10 pike in some areas, up to 3 pike in other areas. It's going to be lake by lake. And it's unfortunate that it has to be that way. But I'm glad, and I'm tickled pink, the DNR is finally implementing implementing some rules and regulations and slot limits on these bluegills and sunfish. Mm-hmm. It has to be done. You know, the problem, Bill, is I'm sure you know it. And for all our wonderful listeners out there who've been loyal listeners, even you new ones, I know you know for a fact someone that takes more than their limit, mm-hmm. someone who has more than a limit in their freezer, you know what? That's stealing from you. That's stealing from me. Mm-hmm. And that's what caused all this, you know, uproar a lot of people give it with the new panfish regulations, sunfish regulations. Overharvest did it, and there's no one to blame but yourselves for those who are doing it. You know, it is one of those things where you have a freezer full of fish, whatever, and, and at that point you should know that, uh, you know, anything above that, you, now, now you're just being greedy. Definitely. I told you off air about a good friend of mine a couple of years ago. You know, I was explaining to him, you know, about people keeping over their limit, and it's not a good thing. They're stealing from everybody else, and they're going to ruin the fish work. Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah, you said a couple of years ago, I didn't realize how much I had in my 
in my freezer, I had a, a few hundred, let's say, Ooh. panfish fillets. I said, you are kidding me. He goes, I just, he said, I didn't realize it. I looked at him. He goes, well, he says, I did. He said, but I'm taking your advice. He says, I'm just going to keep, keep a limit. Well, you know what? If it's just you and the missus at home, yeah. you don't need 20 sunfish. 10, that's 20 fillets. That's enough. You know, so keep that in mind, too, folks. You know, this over-harvest is what's ruined it. If you don't believe me, take a look at the walleyes. They went from six to four, and they're talking about dropping it now to three on many lakes. Over-harvest is the killer for everything. Yeah, and uh, it is an active thing. The DNR is actively working to conserve, but also you know, make sure that we have fish for years and years to come as well. Exactly. You know, I'm, I look at I'm an older gentleman now. I've enjoyed, uh, enjoyed my whole life doing what I love to do, hunt and fish and be a family man. I enjoy it. I want to see fish for my kids. I want to see fish coming up in the future for my grandchildren and stuff. And I think that's what the focus is right now is we've had a good life and we will, we will continue to have a good life. But let's concentrate on the new generation about getting them in and teaching them ethical things not not things that aren't ethical. Right. So now that we've now that we've hit that, let's uh, talk about some of the hot spots that are uh, producing fish now. As as we get into this new part of our uh, ice fishing, the hard water season. So what are some Definitely. of some of the hot spots that we can uh, we could tell folks about? Well, you know, uh, as far as the hot spots, the northern pike have been doing really good. We'll get back to pan fishing, but I want people to know too. Right now, especially this weekend, we got a, we got the full moon, and things are going to get really butt kicking as far as the bite goes. Northern pike in the bays on Malax Lake have been going gangbusters. Tip ups with uh, Sacramento, eight to twelve inches long, no more than eighteen inches off the bottom. Folks is going to do wonders. Have gold blades on those quick strike rigs. That's a trick to keep in mind on Malax Lake. Walleyes, Bill, anywhere and everywhere you go. They've been doing fantastic. People don't believe there's walleyes in the weeds. They are in the weeds. You don't have to go to the mud flats. But now that I mentioned the flats, everywhere you go on Mille Lacs Lake has been kicking butt as far as walleyes. The mud flats, the sand and everything, mm -hmm. inshore by the transition zones where the sand turns into rubble and rocks has been real well, too. And now we're going to talk about uh, yours and my favorite, too, coming up. There's a panfish. You got a heck of a crappie bite that's starting very slowly, but it's continuing to get better. And that goes from Vineland Bay, Wacom Bay, Cove Bay, all the way up to Isle, all the way back down and around, all the way to the east side and all over Malax Lake. The crappie, crappie bite is just going to get better and better. Keep in mind, there's a few places like in Isle Bay, the hole over there, Wacom Bay. Wherever you find cabbage, folks, you're going to find crappies. And now, we love crappies, but the big bluegills are phenomenal. Oh, by the way, our group is taking crappies up to 17 inches on Malax Lake. I'm not going to tell you exactly where because I already mentioned it, but you can find that yourself. Wow. But the big bluegills are right in those weeds along with the crappies. And the key with those is to watch your electronics and use a light line, two, three-pound test at the most, and use a spring bobber or a very, very small bobber. One little tap, that's not a hit, but the second time they nail that little uh, that bait and that bobber twitches, slam the hooks home. I prefer a spring bobber or a noodle raw, um Noodle tip, really soft, real delicate. So that's always something, too. You know, you are you don't need to go with big bobbers all the time. In fact, fish can feel that. But the big bluegill bite on Malax Lake is phenomenal. We've taken bluegills up to 10 and a half inches. 
And there's plenty more big ones, especially when it comes to sight fishing, which is coming up in the middle of uh, middle of March. Look down that hole and pick out which fish you want. Wow. And, and this time of year, uh, finding those uh, weed lines is uh, kind of an interesting task because is, a lot of it's died off. So, so what's uh, some advice on finding those weed lines? Good, good, good question. Great question. You know, it's either one of two things. You can, uh, if you fish the lake in the spring, in the summer, in the fall, you know where the weeds are. They're still going to be there. Uh, we didn't get a lot of snow this year, so a lot of the weeds, you know, yes, they do die off, but there's a good portion, Bill, that is still alive. They got photosynthesis starting already in uh, December, January, so the weeds have been keeping alive because we don't have a lot of snow. There's enough, but not a lot where the sun's not reaching them, so that helps out a lot. Drill a lot of holes. Check it out. Keep in mind, most weeds on Mille Lacs Lake and all the surrounding local lakes in the area, they'll top off, top off about 12 to 14 feet of water, mm-hmm. and that's going to be your edge of them. That's going to be the edge. That's where you can start fishing. Personally, I like going deeper into the weeds. Think of the weed beds as a woods. A small woods holds a small amount of game. A large woods holds a large amount of game, and same with the weeds. If you want to catch a lot of fish, go to the big weed beds. Look at Vineland Bay. Bill, that weed bed is just about a mile long and close to a half mile wide. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you can fish there all season and mm-hmm. never hit the same spot and catch more fish than you ever could imagine. I love it. And it's great perspective. I like that uh, image of, of it like the woods, too. That, uh, that, that does work. And, you know, on Mille Lacs, of course, uh, this time of year, you're looking at, uh, you know, um, heaves and things like that on the uh, on the accesses. How, how are the accesses on the Mille Lacs looking? Pretty good. They're doing pretty good. Uh, we've had a few people that, you know, have been, you know, retting them up with their trucks and everything, but that happens, especially when it's icy and slippery. But for the most part, the public accesses are doing okay. I personally, Bill, would rather go to a resort and give them the $10 mm-hmm. and have guaranteed safe accesses safe plowed roads. You don't have to go venture out on your own because sometimes it's not a wise idea on the big pond. You can find yourself maybe floating around for a while. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, support the local economy. It's a little tough up there with everything yeah. happening. What's $10? You know, you spend $10 on anything else, you know, for a lot less. And here you're supporting the local economy. you got a safe plowed road and they'll put you on the fish. So actually it's a win-win situation. Sure is. And uh, and those folks know the not only the hot spots, but the not spots out there yeah. as well. Because those <laughs> not spots are the ones that you, you just want to stay away from, right? Yes, sir. I tell you what, I love that terminology. I, I, you couldn't have put it any better that you are absolutely right. Every resort owner I know on Mille Lacs Lake has been more than happy to tell you where to go as far as a good fishing, and like you said, where not to go, the not spots. So you've hit it right on the head. Uh, like I said, it's a win-win situation. Sure is. And uh, we know a bunch of them, don't we? <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> good stuff. That's good advice, too. So uh, we're getting back to uh, the idea of, of, of maybe sending some folks out, and you know this ice will melt at some point and we'll be back uh, looking to hammer the the biggins in the uh, the wet water season and uh, you know last couple of weeks we've been talking about a little contest you're running Steve yeah well thank you yep I, this would pre- probably be the last time folks you know I uh, that I'm going to mention it and I appreciate you letting me do it Bill I uh, normally every year I'm at the Muskie Expo with my guide service predator guide service and I have a contest I usually get about 150 people enter it it's uh, the contest is a full day guided trip for half day prices. 
That's eight, nine hours of fishing. I supply everything but the food and beverage. So a full-day guided trip at half-day prices. All you have to do is go onto my website, all one word, Predator Guide Service at charter.net, and enter, just say, I want to enter the, the uh, full-day guided trip, and give me your name and phone number, and I'll mark you down. And I'm going to draw probably about six to a dozen people this year. I want everybody to come on out and have some fun, see what there is to be had on the big, beautiful pond of Mille Lacs Lake, and uh, you're going to have fun. We caught uh, pike last year up to 24 inches. Uh, excuse me, 24 pounds, I meant, folks. 24 <laughs> pounds, 45 inches long. And we've taken muskies last year up to about 43, 44 pounds. That was close to 53 and a half inches. So a lot of people had a lot of fun. A lot of people caught a lot of fish. I want you to enter, everybody. So yeah. go to my email, predatorguideservice at charter.net. Say, I want to enter the contest. Give me your name and telephone number. And we'll make her happen. I love it. We'll put a link on our uh, website, todaysbestcountry.com, as well for the radio station to uh, make sure everybody gets a chance to link through and do that. Need the name and the phone number. I appreciate number. that. You bet. Absolutely. Name and phone number. And uh, you'll be doing that drawing towards the end of March, correct? Yes, sir. That Excellent. is correct. Yes, Bill. Well, good deal. Uh, anything else that we should hit uh, while, while we got you on the line here today? You know, I think we've covered everything. You did a great job with getting everything going and lined up. It's fantastic. You know, happy to be working with you. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I know I'm sounding like a broken record, Bill, but uh, folks, do yourself and all of us a favor. Mm-hmm. When you're out there ice fishing, bring your trash with you. You bet. There's Clean nothing up. worse than seeing the trash out there. Have fun. Catch your limit of fish. Catch under your limit of fish. Go home, clean them, eat them, and come back in a couple of days and do some more. Yep. You know, don't have to fill that freezer. You know, fish get freezer burned within a matter of a couple of weeks. Yeah. Eat fresh fish and have fun. Love the fresh fish. Love the fresh fish. And, uh, yeah, keeping it clean out there. Very important stuff. Good advice. Steve Sapaniak, Predator Guide Service. And uh, your website is predatorguideservice, all one word, dot com. Yes, sir. That is correct. Coming up, Kevin Jackson returns for the final segment with important info about new regulations that go into effect on March 1st. Here in Paul Bunyan Country's Brainerd Outdoors. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. You're listening to the place for everything outdoors in the Brainerd Lakes and beyond. Brainerd Outdoors Radio just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. And welcome back to Paul Bunyan Country's Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Bill Satry as uh, Kevin Jackson returns for the final segment with some info about regulations that are going into effect on March 1st. We're checking in well with Mark Bacigalupi. He is the Brainerd Area Fisheries Supervisor. And Mark, thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So uh, we've talked to a few different people. I, I talked to Garrett Sevier, who, of course, was on the um, the Panfish um, Initiative Task Force. Uh, I talked to uh, Andy Thompson in the Bemidji Area's office. Now we're going to talk to you uh, in the Brainerd Area office. And f- first up for you, uh, Mark... Uh, why don't you run down the lakes in the Brainerd area that will be affected by the new regulation going into effect March 1st? Yeah, we have a few lakes in the Brainerd area. We call it the Brainerd area. Specifically, um, my office manages Crow Wing County and Lower Cass. Um, in your listening area, that might also include Morrison County's Little Falls um, area maybe, and they have some lakes as well. But we have proposed nine lakes um, 
in what we call the Brainerd area um, for this quality sunfish initiative. I'll just run down the list. Sure. There, there are lakes that people might be familiar with, um, you know, chasing some of the, the nicer sunfish that we still do have remaining around here, and we're trying to maintain that quality, uh, that size structure. Borden Lake is one of them out towards uh, the Garrison area by Mille Lacs. East Twin um, in Nisswa. Edward Lake, you know, nice big lake south of Pelican Lake. Uh, Gladstone. The Mississippi River between the Brainerd Dam and up to the Highway 6 crossing. Uh, North Long Lake. People know that one because they drive by it all the time and see people fishing out there. Perch Lake, some, uh, smaller lake in Baxter, Upper Mission, and the Whitefish Chain is still remaining some some really nice quality fish out there, and and we we expect that we can improve and and maintain the the quality sunfish size that we've seen in these water bodies. That's one of the main goals, um, and also a big part of the the initiative in the Brainerd area is to include crappie in the bag limit of five. So you could keep uh, five crappie and five uh, bluegill daily under this new regulation. And remember that it, it's a, a daily limit and not a possession limit. We've maintained that you could keep your statewide possession limit of 10 crappie um, at home uh, and 20 sunfish. So that's just something for anglers to remember. Okay. So, Mark, the, the lakes that you have just mentioned to me, now these are lakes that you guys feel still have good, solid uh, sizes and numbers in them, and we're just trying to build on that. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, um, when we've been talking about this regulation over the past 20, or excuse me, five years or so, you know, one approach would be to, to just go with tightened bag limits statewide. And and it, one of the reasons that didn't make sense is because many lakes just aren't going to have those nicer sized fish anyways in there. They've just never shown that. And these lakes that I mentioned um, are lakes that have shown that potential over the years to have those nicer fish in there. The people I've talked to uh, here in the Bemidji area and, uh, you know, Garrett, down in the uh, Ottertail area uh, all seem to have received pretty good positive feedback from the angling public in their areas. What are you hearing from anglers in the Brainerd area about this? Yeah, the the proposal's been received pretty well around here as well. Um, I didn't have the, the specific numbers uh, summarized here, but it is generally positive. Um, and, you know, we've received some information from our statewide input. We got 3,700 comments, you know, at these online, at all our online input and our public meetings. So had a lot of good comments coming in, and 85% of the respondents are, are supportive of the initiative. So that's really good. And then we know in Brainerd that we get local anglers and visitors alike. So that's uh, important to remember when we're, we're getting input on these area lakes. Do you have any examples in the in the Brainerd area of of lakes that have been hit hard by too much harvest uh, of panfish and and you know really have lost maybe uh, what they used to have? Are there any good examples you could share with us on that? 
Well, um, that gets a little bit tough because um, the specific harvest numbers to, to really say, you know, the quality declined after a fishery got hit hard. We really have to go more on anecdotal information. The best information is to run a creel, creel survey, of course, and we, uh, we run creels when as much around here as we can. We have uh, really good people doing that. Um, we've done a creel survey most recently on North Long Lake, and uh, we're just working on that data this winter. Unfortunately, I don't have anything ready for you, but uh, mm-hmm. you guys kind of know the, the hit list of lakes that, <laughs> that get hit around here, and North Long was really one of the ones uh, a few years ago that had been experienced that that high pressure level and and we hear more about the crappies around here people concerned about too many crappies being pulled out more so than sunfish but we know that that quality sunfish size has declined around here um mirroring the mirroring the statewide trend as well so to probably refrain to to mention too many specific waters but okay well, it's interesting you bring up crappie. That was not, of course, a factor in the the Bemidji area, um, but it, but it is down there. I do know that you guys get a ton of fishing pressure there, and and crappie fisheries can can be hit hard. You know, the word gets out that there's a cro- big crappie bite somewhere, and you can you can wipe out a, a cop- crappie population for a number of years in very short order if you're not if you're not careful. So this should be very helpful. Yep, you know we know you can um, really target them when they're um, congregated in the spring warm-up period and around the spawning on nests. And then now nowadays, um, you know, people can fish comfortably uh, for long periods of time in the winter. <laughs> so, and that's yep. kind of an emerging trend we're watching. So, Yeah, and, and of course, this, this law goes into effect very shortly, Monday, uh, March 1st. It's it's in effect, and that's the same day you need your new licenses, so keep that in mind as well. But um, um, So if you're going to be out fishing in, um, you know, next week, you need to know what lakes these these are involved in. And I, you can go on the website, the DNR website, to find that out. I know there, there are going to be some postings. Is there any place else people can go to to, to find out which lakes are going to be affected? Yeah, mndnr.gov is the best kind of quick way to go through that and and maybe search sunfish um that'll have the the whole listing there i appreciate you getting the word out on this because you're right the march 1st will pop up soon right when people are getting their you know maybe their ice house is off the ice and maybe getting a new license so a few things to remember we're going to try and have signs up as soon as we can they're not uh, ready to go uh, as of march 1st um and so uh, you know, getting the word out here, and we're going to be working on um, some more communications in addition to to radio interviews like this. So be, just being tuned in to that. Okay. So, Mark, um, as long as I have you on the line to, for our Bemidji folks who probably haven't heard much from you and the Brainerd area before, talk a little bit about the Brainerd area. We know they got a ton of lakes with a ton of fish on them. Overall, how has uh, the hard water season been as far as you've been able to tell? Well, I'd say um, maybe a little slow. You know, we started out with some, um, you know, people struggled to get on bigger waters because we just didn't have the ice cover, the good ice that we needed. Um, 
and we had a pretty good period for a while there. And now we're, you know, it's just a little bit slow right now. Um, and walleye's wrapping up here just in, in six days or so. So got to get out while you can. Now we have a lot of good ice and really good travel conditions around here. So people are out there doing it. That's for sure. We're seeing people fishing in, in maybe record numbers. So that, that's a great part. People can get out and get some fresh air and go fishing. Soft water, hard water, overall picture of fishing in the Brainerd area uh, the last few years. Have there been any big concerns out there, AIS or otherwise, or has everything been pretty good for you guys? Well, we've been uh, trying to gather what information we can on the AIS issues and their effects on fishing. Uh, it's definitely a focus of ours uh, in the management area of, of Brainerd. Um, there's some mixed signals out there in some ways. Um, people are trying to adjust to clearer water, uh, fishing in clearer waters. That's been part of the struggle, I think, more so than population changes or, or maybe behavioral changes by fish um, responding in clear water. Um, the fishing grounds have changed a little bit because you know, plant beds, plant beds have changed. Um, there's maybe more algae growth in some of our zebra mussel lakes. So, so there's always changes and challenges out there. Uh, the populations have been hanging on, and, and we're, like we said, we've been seeing a lot of people out there fishing, and, and pressure is is something we're kind of concerned about and, and watching. And we want people out there fishing, but of course, your your fellow fishermen know that. You just don't want someone right next to you when you're fishing. So. Yeah. As far as fish populations in in the various lakes, uh, are things pretty much the way you you want them to be in the Brainerd area? Do you have any specific lakes where you have some projects going on? You're trying to change some things besides besides the panfish that we talked about already. Yeah, we have a lot of projects going on. We're we're trying to monitor the effects of um, of zebra mussels on walleye populations that's something we're keeping pretty close track on as close to track as anyone on in a couple of specific waters like gull lake the gull chain um the pelican uh, pelican lake eight thousand acres um out of breezy point mm-hmm. uh, we have some special yellow perch work that we've concentrated on this area more uh, more examination of perch populations than we've done in the past we know walleye depend, walleye and pike species depend very much on those perch as a forage base, um, as well as perch's importance as, you know, if they could get some bigger ones, how much people like going to fish for those. So, yeah, there's, uh, um, you know, the fisheries are overall in good shape around here, and we're, we're watching for for those emerging trends that are going on out there. Mark, how long have you been uh, working in the Brainerd area? Um, I started in the Brainerd area in 2010. I've been with the DNR. Uh, it'll be 20 years in July. So uh, it's been uh, a really rewarding career. I expect to, to hope to stay on for the uh, foreseeable, foreseeable future. <laughs> well, certainly. I mean, if you're, in, if you're into fisheries... Uh, Brainerd's a pretty good place to, <laughs> to be working. Uh, you know, Bemidji's a pretty, pretty good place to be working. A lot of places in Minnesota a good place to work in that realm, that's for sure. Yeah, a lot of water, and that, that's helped. It, it spreads out people, and people can make different choices about what they want to chase on a given day. 
and it's always interesting working with all the industry people around here that that uh you know it's it's kind of a hotbed for that around here so that's been fun i always talk uh about the fact that I, what i what i find really impressive about our area industry people or just people who love to hunt and fish um not only are they very good at it and passionate about it but they are uh, they are smart. They know what they're doing, and they know the problems, and they and they know what they need to do to help keep the fishery going along. Very well educated uh, outdoor people in this area, I think. Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. I've seen that, um, and and it's like this is the testing grounds for new technology, and uh, and people get the get the word out, and there's the you know kind of the stronghold of the media outlets around here too so it's that's been fun to learn from fellow fishermen around here and see these things uh develop so when it's when it's your day off you get to go fishing for whatever you want what's your favorite uh, thing to fish for well i really like chasing walleyes i got uh, an 11 and 11 year old and 10 year old and uh and they like fishing bass and and they like catching fish too so sometimes we We've diversified a little bit. We we like to chase trout in the Cuyuna uh, Country State Recreation Area, and uh, yeah, expanding my horizons a little bit, fishing with them. Okay, yeah, uh, bass is uh, getting to be a very very popular fish, especially with the development of uh, high school fishing and of course college fishing in our area too. Um, you're seeing a lot of kids being introduced to bass fishing early. And that, uh, you know, we got a great bass fishery all over the state of Minnesota, but there seems to be uh, a lot more people getting interested in that. I think a lot of it has to do with that competitive fishing. Yeah, that's true. I think we've seen that trend here, too. That may be part of our future, and uh, my kids might get into high school fishing here, too, in the future. So I'll be uh, making sure, you know, Dad, the boat captain, knows what he's doing a little bit. I had a few people tell me we'd had high school fishing when I was in high school. I'd have gone to high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some great opportunity. Hope that continues and and everyone is able to. Uh, well, it's a great recruitment tool. So we'll see how that pans out. All right, Mark Bacigalupi. Really stick with it. Yeah, I, th- I think you know. I think once people once people fish, they get they get hooked on it to. To be a real corny, but that but they do. <laughs> yeah, that's true, and they and they figure out how how and when to go and what to do when there's bad weather and all sorts of useful skills out there that they're learning. Mark Bachigalupi is the Brainerd Area Fisheries Supervisor, talking to us about the Panfish uh, Initiative and uh, the lakes that'll be affected in the Brainerd area. Don't forget, it also includes crappie in the Brainerd area, and it all starts March first. Mark, we appreciate you taking the time today. And uh, have a great rest of the winter, and let's hope for a great spring. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. We'll do it again sometime. Great info again. Thank you to Kevin Jackson for all of his contributions to this week. And thanks to all our guests who share their talents and knowledge. I'm Bill Satry for Brian Moon. And this has been Paul Bunyan Country's Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Thielen Meats, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, Liveax Marine in Isle, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon Saturday mornings at 7, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3.